Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, we are introducing a new segment to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, which I'm, I'm actually really excited about. It's going to be very different to the, the typical content that I'm posting. Um, there's still obviously going to be a, a tie into health and fitness and business and whatnot, but it's a bit more of a laid back, not that. My episodes are not already laid back, but uh, more of a laid back, relaxed um, concept. So I've got Kane here with me um, at the moment. Those of you who haven't uh, or don't know who Kane is, he helps produce the podcast, um, does a lot of the content, um, and he's with Annotate Agency, um, which I'll have the links to all their stuff in in the show notes of this episode, so you guys can check it out. They do some really good work, but uh, we wanted to make this. Uh, just a bit of a conversation and a bit of a pretty much just a bit of shit talking really for kind of 20 to 30 minutes we'll try and get out a couple each month Um, something that you can kind of tune into and just switch off a bit I guess so not as much uh, direct uh, value of of content I guess in terms of health and fitness stuff or business or anything but we're going to keep it pretty random to be honest so today we're going to uh, touch on a few health and fitness myths that um, that Kane's come up with, which I think for the listener or, or people watching will um, be able to relate to. Basically, things that you kind of float around um, that you may have heard or seen over the years that you don't really know whether it's right or wrong. Um, we're going to touch on a bit of stuff outside of uh, the podcast and just general life shit as well. But some weeks we'll just talk about trends, or if there's you know NBA finals or AFL finals and whatnot, we might talk about that that type of stuff. But we are also open to um, suggestions with little segments or, or bits and pieces that you guys want to hear about in this um, episode and we hope you enjoy it. But Kane, do you want to, um, before we jump in, do you want to just tell the listeners and, and the viewers a little bit about yourself before we, we dive in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, normally I sit on the other side of the camera for Danny. Um, Danny comes in to annotate, which is um, mine and my partner Amy's agency, maybe a couple of times a week uh, and he films a, a video podcast with us. Um, yeah, no, that's that's about it. That's all you need to know about me, other than the fact that I've been listening to your podcast for a little while before you came in. Really enjoyed the content. I think that's why I reached out in the first place because I really enjoyed the f- particularly that your marketing side of things and what you were doing and all the free content you were providing to try and draw people in and make sure you had a consumer base that was really engaged. Um, and I think that's probably what got me engaged. But um, to kick off one of our first segments, segments, I uh, wanted to uh, – I've been listening, what, 300 podcasts now, 300 episodes? 398. Yeah. Uh, 399 after this one. Maybe even 400 by the time it comes out. Uh, and You could be the 400th. Imagine that. Wow, full circle. Anticlimax. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, and so, yeah, just – 
just in um, in listening to a few of those, I'm not going to lie, I didn't listen to all 400, um, but I wanted to jump in and, and try and get the audience to um, to know a few different things about you. So I've uh, labelled this segment the, the DK Deep Dive. Um, ten questions you might not have answered yet on your own podcast. Um, being a great host, you always are a good listener, so I just wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to... Uh, to get some information about yourself out there. So yeah. first thoughts that come to your head when I ask you these questions. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Far away. Number one, most impactful book you've ever read? There's two. Yeah. Can I have two? Yeah. The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I reckon... Podcast, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I just thought I'd ask for permission anyway. I reckon the listeners that have been tuning in for a while would probably be able to answer this for me because I've said it so many times, but The, the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma has been one of the best books I've ever read and um, I've recommended it and shared it with so many people. It was very impactful for me. And then the other one would be The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. That was probably one of the earlier books that I read. I'm not exactly a huge reader. Uh, I read a lot more now, but up until maybe 2016, 2017, I would, wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me with a book ever. Not even when I was meant to read one at school, but um, but those two books have been really impactful. The Monkey Sold His Ferrari um, is more along the lines of like personal development and a bit more spiritual, like not so much spiritual, but um, a mindset type of thing. And then the 10X rule, although it's based around like business and and your mindset around hard work and, and habit forming and stuff, it's like one of those books where you read it and by the time you finish, it's like, fuck. Like I remember reading that book and I'm pretty sure I started this podcast that day when I finished yeah. the book, I started it because it was like one of the segments was kind of talking about um, why wait until tomorrow that you, why wait until tomorrow to do something you can do today. Yeah. And he's kind of just like taking action and not waiting for things to be perfect. And that was what I think that was what kind of got me to kickstart this. Yeah, right. So two reasonably personal development and spirituality books. Yeah, here. yeah. Cool. Um, this one... <laughs> This one, uh, you can't plug your own podcast. So um, uh, if I open What, the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast? <laughs> Where's it available? On iTunes and Spotify. And they'd probably already know if they're listening to it, I would have thought. Uh, if I open your Spotify right now, mm. what would you be listening to? Probably not a podcast. Um, I listen... No shit. I listen to music... I'm going to... This is a pretty... This is just a made-up bullshit number. But I reckon I listen to music 80% of the day. You're right. Maybe 90 no shit like if i'm in the car or well, in the car i might listen to an audio book that's pretty much my habit now so i can try and tick that off anytime i'm driving instead of wasting time i listen to an audio book but at work at home if i'm training or whatever like i just absolutely love music so you would find i can probably the top artists in there at the moment would be russ um been listening to a lot of gunner lately posty post malone um Pretty much it's all like rap and yeah. hip-hop stuff, to be honest. Um, Lil Durk and um, got to give a shout-out to 6 9 Oh, wow. Yeah, big 6 9 fan, actually. Yeah, okay. Not that much of a fan of the snitching situation, but <laughs> he's very entertaining. He is. And um, a, a true innate marketer. He sort of – have you – He's a genius have marketer. Have you watched his documentary? Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? it? It's like uncanny. Like I obviously don't agree with a lot of his ethical stuff, but – and, and like his values, I guess. But in terms of marketing, I don't think I've ever seen anyone better in and terms of like just demanding attention and getting it. And didn't learn any of it. Like it, it nah. seemed to come reasonably innately to him. He was just like, this is how you garner attention. Yeah, you see that in that documentary when he was a nobody, really. Yeah. He was doing the same shit. Yeah. Like yeah. even down to the – remember how the part of the doco when 
he was like, this is pretty, pretty fucked up, I guess. But he was like making shirts with like outrageous yeah, say, quotes or outrageous, no, nah, I wouldn't, <laughs> outrageous stuff on these shirts. But like you, you just have no other option other than to give him attention because yeah. he's just like, what is going on here? Yeah, even the clothes themselves, like huge scoop necks, like massively baggy. Yeah, I mean like 6'9", tattooed on himself 69 times yeah. and face foot tats also helps, I guess. Yeah, not a huge fan of his hairstyle <clears> either, but... Um, there was no chance he was going to be able to do witness protection when you've got your own name tattooed on your face. Oh, there was a video that came out on Worldstar when um, he came, he was there. They send they send a lot of those Witsec people to Florida um, just okay. because um, they can they think that they can protect people down there. But um, <laughs> he came out of a um, and you know he's driving a orange McLaren. McLaren, yeah. Um, and he came out of the supermarket, and this could have been staged, but you immediately saw him reach under his shirt, uh, and he, concealed carriers out in Florida. Yeah, like he just must be on edge the whole time. That's the thing. Um, this, this is funny. The, the boys, like some of my mates, got that know that I like six nine. Will laugh when they hear this. That we're talking about this, but um, that's the thing now. Like with him, and I guess anyone that's that lives that type of life, like. <laughs> Even though he's not in prison, which he was—he's pretty much meant to be. Your whole life would just be constantly looking over your shoulder, constantly waiting for the day that someone catches up to you. Yeah, pretty much wants to make a name, but he, but then at the same time, he's like online, mm. basically saying, "Come get me! I'm yeah. here by myself with yeah. no security and all this type of stuff." It's yeah. outrageous. Yeah, he's um he's a true troll. What a legend! Number three, uh, all-time favorite pair of Jordans. All-time. Um, All-time favorite pair. I don't know. I've got a few. I've got the uh, the Jordan ones at the moment. The the cookies and cream ones, mm-hmm. or I don't know if they're called that, but that's what they look like. Yeah. They're bloody good. Um, but uh, past guest of the show, some sneakerhead's gonna roast you for that. Being like, yeah, I know. They're called this. I know. Well, I just wear them, guys. I don't fucking study them. Uh, past guest and good mate of mine, Dylan Alcott, gave me a, a pair actually um, of the. Oh, now I'm really gonna get roasted. I don't even. I can't even remember what style they are, um, but like the red, black, and white ones, which really narrows it down. <laughs> but they're the um, he got given them by Nike because they're like they look like the normal version, but they've got like a Velcro strap and then a zip, which kind of just opens up the whole front, so they're not even actual laces, and you just zip it and Velcro it over. But it looks exactly the same. Yeah, nice. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, what about you? Oh, the eleven lows, I think. Like. You like prefer the lows? Yeah, not not like not for streetwear. I just think they look cool to, um, like you know the a lot of the Charlotte guys wear them because they have that Carolina yeah, yeah. style. I prefer. I definitely prefer the lows in pretty much all shoes. I don't really wear like high tops, but you can't not wear these. Nah. Some of the high top Jordans, they're yeah. just too good. But lows, lows are the go. I reckon. What do you What do you reckon better. about like um uh, a lot of basketball is like hoarding Kobe's and stuff like that now that they're um. I've, I've actually got a pair at home. Um, we, I was actually thinking about this the other week. I've got a pair from back in, I reckon I would have got them in maybe 2010 or something along those lines, like ages ago. They're the, the Kobe 4s, which in my opinion are by far the best Kobe's. They mm. were the best ones, I reckon, in terms of comfort and, and to play in. And they're the um, the Olympic gold medal ones. So they're like gold. They got his Olympic number on them. Um, they they were just the best basketball shoe. But they're they're oh, awesome. so comfy. Like oh, so good. Did you did you ever have a pair of the fives? I had a pair of I, I, again. I'm 
they're are they the Grinch ones? Um, the Christmas. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Of, that's one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had them. They weren't anywhere near as comfy. I don't reckon the fours were just the best basketball shoe I've ever worn. I reckon. I could not tell you what. Um, when you say they're hoarding, hoarding them, what do you mean? They're they're people are just buying them and keeping them. Buying, holding on to them, um, like just trying to find them at outrageous prices and yeah. trying to keep them for like longevity so they can wear them years away if they don't make any more. Yeah, how crazy. They're awesome. Uh, I know you don't go out a lot. How do you know that? Uh, well, you could. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, you, you're out on a – you're not worried about um, work or anything like that. What's your go-to cocktail or drink on like a special night out? Special night out. Um, I, don't, I, I, def- I don't really drink that many cocktails. I mean, the old espresso martini is pretty good, but yeah. um, I think I'm maturing a little bit. I might, my go-to drink now is just a, uh, like a nice bottle of red. Share nice. a nice bottle of red with yeah. Danielle or, um, yeah, not, don't, I, try, I don't really go near the cocktails anymore. Probably, yeah, don't know. Probably drank too many cruises as an underage. <laughs> Guava cruises. Yeah. <laughs> um. Righto. This is this is one that I asked um, Amy earlier. Um, mm. In your opinion, the most egregiously bad fitness fad ever. Ever. Yeah. Wow. Where do we start? Um, worst worst one, I think. Oh fuck! I mean, there's so many, but one that just immediately comes to mind. I don't even know if it's a fad, but like any of the those are. Uh, like the vibrational wobble machines that supposedly just going to melt fat off you. They do absolutely fuck all. Like they might stimulate like certain muscle fibers and stuff like that, but it's an absolute joke. Pretty much anything that gets sold on those shows is just an absolute load of shit. Or the other one where you just hold this stick and it literally just vibrates. You just hold it out in front of you and you're meant to tense your abs and you just do that for like, they probably say like two minutes and 30 seconds a day and you're going to look like a Greek god after (laughs) two, two weeks or something. Most of that is just absolute garbage, but... There's so many. Even outside of those products, though, there's just – I think which we'll, we'll touch on maybe some of these um, towards the end of this chat today, but there is just an outrageous amount of horrible fads. you got to think, like, in any industry, but particularly the health and fitness industry, it's like most things that are super popular, there's a reason why, just because someone or a lot of people are making a lot of money off yeah. that. So, of course – the owner or anyone that promotes it is going to push it as hard as possible and and just basically say that it is the most optimal way to either train, eat, whatever it is, because they're making money off it. But in the end of the day, it's just like all the fundamental stuff is there's a reason why. There's a reason why like there's a you know a handful, not handful, like a, a select group of exercises which have been around for so long is because they work. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Sticking to fitness. Um uh, we eat a ton of these in this office because there's a um, uh, uh, grocer down the road that sells any number of them. But your favourite My Muscle Chef meal? Favourite one? Yeah. <clears throat> number one. Well, the, the the one that I've consumed the most would definitely be the crumb chicken, yeah. which I know you agree with. Yeah. Outside of, all right, well, let's disregard crumb chicken. Yeah, doesn't exist. What's uh, your favourite? Oh. Um, we've been having a lot of the ravioli lately. So, like, pretty much any of the ones that are, like, the worst. All the ones that are furthest thing from, like, the, the pure health ones, yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> ravioli's pretty good. Uh, the beef stroganoff, have you had that? No, nah, it, it's it's always... That's up like, there. Oh. That's number two on the list, I reckon. Yeah, right, okay. I might need to pick it up next time. It's good stuff. 
Um, and I saw you were the, they got man size. Anyone listening, you can use the code Danny20 for $20 off your first My Muscle Chef order. Link will probably be in the show notes below. <laughs> Shameless. Uh, <laughs> right. And again, um, uh, sticking to the health and fitness side of things, um, you founded an activewear label, Unifier, with your beautiful yep. partner, Danielle. Um, it makes you uniquely qualified to answer this. Mm-hmm. Worst gym attire for men. For men? Yeah. Worst gym attire. Um, oh, that's tough. Worst gym attire for men. I'm not a huge fan and apologies to you, Kane, or anyone else who's listening if you are a fan of this, but I'm not like a, a massive fan of just like I've got two outrageously coloured socks that don't match with anything else that you're wearing. Yep. That's the first one. Second one, this is just my opinion because I just don't wear it anymore really, but like I, I used to be a big fan of like the T-back stringer yep. yeah. and now I just can't do it. In the stroke. I'm not going to say it's the worst gym uh, worst kind of like apparel trend because it, it it looks good on some people I guess and it's very popular but for me at the moment it's just I don't, I don't wear that anymore yeah. straw pole that I did what about know. yours uh, construction boots like oh fuck yeah man and then like they're yeah I agree because like are they meant to be are they supposed to be looking like Timberlands or like mm. a, yeah like a, it, or they probably are sometimes if, if you're coming from work completely understand mm. but. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people dress up like it sometimes, and like jeans. Actually, <laughs> I've seen people in the gym training in jeans. The funniest thing one day actually is I had a client, um, and if I remembered who it was, I'd probably name them, but I can't remember who it is. They came to our session after work and had their full gym kit, but um, forgot their gym shoes, and they're like in the corporate world, so they had like these like slack shiny like suit shoes, pretty yeah. much, and and. And they had to train them because it was like a commercial gym and you couldn't yeah. couldn't take your shoes off. So they had to do the whole session wearing these big suit shoes. <laughs> the Adidas and Aquila uh, combo. Yeah. Oh, one more. Yep. One more. And I'm guilty of this sometimes, but now you, you won't catch me doing this now. Nike socks and Adidas shoes yeah. or the other way around. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it, it's not a good thing. Like, just no. Chuck things in the wash. Make sure they're ready. Yeah, I agree. He says as he has Nike uh, socks on and Adidas slides uh, sitting next to you. Um, I, pur- I purposely made sure I put Adidas socks on today with the yeah, with right. the, yeah with the Adidas slides. Fit, fit yeah, check. yeah. Um, I, I like that you're a fan of the Yeezy slides. These are the best. Things oh, ever. they're the absolute best. I, I wear them to way too many places that probably aren't necessary to wear slides. Yeah, I'm trying to make them <coughs> appropriate work attire. They're so good. Yeah, they're yeah, awesome. Um, favorite athlete of all time. I mean, it has to be MJ. I think. Um, yeah, I'd say MJ. Um, I was a yeah MJ. Outside of that, though, like I when I was still playing football and basketball, and like pr- probably like even when I was in the gym, but like um, when I was probably more so like obsessed with like conditioning, like cardio and, and running and stuff, when I was still playing footy. Um, Although the off-field stuff is obviously um, not ideal. Uh, Benny Cousins was like, I was just, I just thought he had the most ridiculous rig and like his work ethic when he was, when he was training um, was unreal. So I absolutely used to love watching him play You're and just watched back on so many 
so I watch his like uh, the documentary. I watch a fair bit, but I used to just watch before footy games. I would watch his like highlight videos before football. I, uh, you're the perfect age for this because I think you probably would have gone through it too. Uh, people you, like guys our age, like getting ready for footy on a you know Friday night and um, getting ready to play on Saturday. They used to watch the documentary as like a pump up, <laughs> like. Like you did? No, the, uh, people I yeah. you did, and I was like, I think you're missing the message. Here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, don't do this. <laughs> yes, I'm going to watch it every week before the game. I tell you what, I used to watch. Actually, when I was playing basketball and football, I would be a very, uh, I would always watch like some form of like videos prior to the game. So like we'd with basketball, we're in the Big V, and obviously I was living in Horsham, so we would have to, like any road games would be like a huge bus trip. So like before the games, my Favourite player at the time was Rajon Rondo. So I would watch, like, just highlight clips of him, like, before every game. And then before footy, this is, this is I don't know if this is weird or not, I would have, I used to have this DVD, and it was called Biff's Bumps and Brawlers. Yeah, yeah. I watched the shit out of that, like, before, the night before, like, every single game of footy, I reckon I watched that just to get G'd up, even, was, like, like the on the day. the most memorable scrap on there? Oh, I mean, the, the Essendon and Hawthorne one, I can't remember what year it was, but I think that's probably... A pretty well known one That was pretty brutal But there were some Just absolutely Outrageous hits Back in the day Like when You just didn't get suspended For pretty much Breathing on someone yeah. um, There were, used to be Some massive hits The one the one uh, Again It was pretty Pretty dog But um, Lloydie's hit on um, Who did he hit Was it Brad Saul Yeah Yeah that was just brutal Yeah He's still apologising For that every time He goes on a show I saw him on the footy show The other week With um with uh, with Brownie Campbell Brown, yeah, yeah. and um, and <laughs> they were playing that the handball game towards the end, yeah. and then um, what was I think Lloydie won. He won like by a point or something like that. And Campbell Brown said something along the lines of like you'd expect an accurate um, shot from a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. He's not really one to talk though. <laughs> um, okay, here's a TikTok question. Uh, I don't you you're on TikTok quite a bit. I post some stuff, but I don't really watch any of it. But just go ahead. Right, rip this straight off TikTok. Uh, if you were to pick up your phone right now, mm. who's the most famous person in your contact list? Hang on, what's this got to do with TikTok? Oh, oh this is like a thing on yeah. TikTok that shows you how much content I can share. Yeah, yeah. The most famous person. Yeah. You trying gonna, to make me look I'm, like a flog here or what? No, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you to ring him or anything like that. But most famous person. Um, oh, mate. Who would it be? Um, oh, shit. Obviously didn't read this question before I come in. <laughs> um, that would be most famous, most famous, most famous. Don't even have to name him. You can just give it a description. I don't know. I thought, uh, it'd be either a, 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 an Olympian or... Man, that's a tough question. It'd be an Olympian or... Um, oh, Olympian or um, Kevin Hart's trainer. Okay. We used to stay in touch a bit when I used to go over to LA a bit. He, he came on the podcast early days. Like I, I'm not even sure how I managed to get him on. Um, Ron Boss Everline, his name is. Um, he's come on for a second time um, since then. But he was just an absolute legend. When I used to spend more time in LA, um, I remember we'd just done the episode while I was still here um, and went back over to LA and we were staying in touch. Like we're at this uh, – like this – touch football game one day and it was like um like kevin was playing in it chris brown like kevin durant um draymond green and all this type of stuff it was awesome right. yeah righto and the finishing up deep dive the dk deep dive mm. 
Uh, Can we do a Kane deep dive next week? Nah, people don't need to know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the biggest, your biggest goal in the next five years. Um, my biggest goal in the next five years would be to. There's, there's a few, but I mean, this podcast is one of them. Like, I, my goal at the moment um, is full transparency here at the moment. So, the show at the moment gets probably between twenty to thirty thousand downloads a week, um, and my goal probably over the next what would you say five years. Well, goal by the end of the year is to get to 50,000 a week. But, I mean, five years' time, I'd love it to be in the multiple hundreds of thousands per week. Could you ever see yourself living off your podcast? For sure. I don't. I can see myself getting it to that point because I feel like, um, obviously, with a big library of exercise of, uh, <laughs> exercise of podcasts now and, you know, the fact that I'm so motivated to continue to grow it, I can definitely see that getting to the point where I would be able to do that. But I don't think I ever would do that. Like, I, I obviously really enjoy coaching people um in person and online but the second second part of that would be to get my coaching app um to the point where i could easily live off that as well well i think that's probably not a good way to put it but i mean i've got some numbers set in terms of um amount of clients i want to be working with or members that i want to have as part of my coaching app um online um and for anyone listening if you want to try out the vip club for seven days free there will be a link in the show notes below but um, no, nah, that was a bit of a shit plug, but anyway, <laughs> he's shown it. To yeah, long. Um, you've, you strike, yeah, you strike me as a pretty um, as a pretty fastidious planner. How often do you change those? Like, how often do you reevaluate those goals and stuff like that? Oh, probably like every week, to be honest. Like, even uh, you know, I'll give you the example of opening up a, a gym or a facility. Like, that's been something I've been toying with for the last couple of years. Oh, I want to talk to you about that actually. I've been toying with it for the last couple of years and it kind of comes and goes like there'll be weeks or months where I'm like, all right, I'll I'll be putting like research into actually doing it. And then there'll be other um, weeks and months where I'm like, you know, my whole kind of projector where I've been trying to take the business for the, since I started has been online. Um, And I I still love training um, clients in person, but I kind of see probably leaning more towards seeing myself getting to a point where I'm like super selective with how many sessions I do in person and try and get there the online stuff as as big as I possibly can and impact as many people as I can. And then the podcast, like I genuinely, out of everything I'm doing at the moment, um, and like I said, I love coaching people, but the podcast is yeah. the most enjoyable for me at the moment. That's what I'm, that's that's where I f- probably get the most enjoyment out of at the moment. Yeah, it's such a fun medium, to be honest. Like it's so It's good. good, like stuff like, you know, not that we would probably sit here and, and uh, do a Q&A with each other, but like, Something like this, if you and I sat down and have a chat for 45 minutes to an hour, half of the stuff that we talk about, like, I would be more than happy to put on here. So it's, yeah. that's, how, that's how I find it. And, you know, when other? I have the guests, hey? What about the other No, nah, we'll scrap that. <laughs> um, no, but every guest that I have on here, like, I thoroughly enjoy just having a conversation with them. And, I mean, the first probably 50 to 100 episodes, although I had some awesome guests on and I, I loved every um, second of it, it was very much like a – Q&A style type show because I was so nervous and not very experienced whereas now it's like I'll come in um, and most of the time I have nothing planned um, purely so then the conversation that everyone gets to listen to or watch is just super organic and and like how it would be if they were kind of listening into a conversation that I was having with the guest outside of the podcast. Yeah, for sure. And for someone who like who produces podcasts, uh, something that comes in, someone that comes in with this schedule and this run sheet uh they're often very tedious um they're often really difficult to listen to um there's no flow mm. um and it just feels really yeah unorganic like 
That's it. And I found that I wasn't even listening to their answer because I was so not, I wouldn't say nervous, but so uh, worried about what the next question was. And, you know, if I was trying to do it in a certain amount of time or whatever, I'd be conscious of how many minutes were left or whatever. Whereas now it's like, uh, although most episodes end up relatively similar in length, um, you know, sometimes I will come into an episode and I don't usually have any questions, but I'll have in my mind a few topics that I want to touch on with a guest. And there's sometimes where I literally don't even end up touching any of them because of the first part of the conversation goes down a different path, which ends up being super valuable or interesting. Um, and if I had to come into that conversation with an agenda of what I want to talk about, I yeah. wouldn't have got any of it because I would, would barely have kind of like listened to what they said and nothing stems off it. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's just another reason to get them back on. Like, yeah, exactly right. And it's more enjoyable for them too. I find, yeah, I don't know. And that way you actually get to know the person um, a lot better too in person. Like by the end of the, by the, end of the hour or 45 minutes or whatever, it's not that often when you think about it, unless it's one of your best friends or your partner or whatever, that you would ever really sit down with someone for 45 minutes to an hour straight and just have a conversation one-on-one yeah. without any distractions of phones no. or work or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's good. It's a, yeah, it's a great, um, yeah, it's a great method for actually sitting down and having to listen to someone. Mm. Um, uh, it just got me thinking that one of the conversations we've had recently is about like, you know, short podcasts where it's like 15 minutes in and it's like, ah. Oh, all right, I'll see you later. Yeah. Um, but there was, um, I'm a huge, like I really can't stand Brendan Sharp as a podcaster. As really? A or anything. Um, I think he's it just awful. My, um, my opinion has definitely changed on him since the start. I used to think he was, I never really thought he was funny. I always thought um, like Fighter and the Kid, for example. Um, so for anyone listening or watching, like I am assuming you are too, a huge fan of like um, a handful of like stand-up comedians in the states who have podcasts and similar to this they just kind of talk shit but it's hilarious and i find them funnier than most of their actual stand-up specials in particular but yeah the fighter and the kid i always just thought brian was hilarious and like their guests you know will sasso and and delia and theo and stuff were the best and brendan was like kind of just i didn't not enjoy listening to him but it didn't really bring that much to the table now i'm kind of on the same boat i'm kind of just like man i just just I don't I don't listen to the father and the kid anymore. Yeah, yeah, but um, and yeah, all of his ventures to me are just like I don't know. They just they just scream cringy and yeah. Um, but uh, apparently he's getting roasted lately. Yeah, apparently Logan Paul wrapped him up after like thirty minutes on his impulsive podcast the other day. Yeah, yeah, I I did watch it because I saw that pop up on 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 my feed or something. Someone talking about that, so I went and watched it. And yeah, like. I don't think he even introduced him. I think at one point he said to him, like, so what are you doing? Like, what are you doing here today? Or something like that. And it was just like, what? And then the, and the conversation was pretty much between Mike and yeah. Logan and every now and then um, Brennan would just pop in with, a, with something to say. But, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's getting roasted lately. I think uh, interesting to see how the next kind of six to 12 months goes. But, I mean, I don't – yeah, I agree with you in terms of, like, some of the stuff, like the way – he goes about things, but at the same time, he's done bloody well for himself. And and to it to an extent, like he's the way he's uh, planned, like in terms of the amount of shows he's got on his, uh, whether or not he's making that much money from, it, I don't know. But like the amount of content he does and stuff, like and the fact that even though he got a huge help, like the fact that he's even doing stand up comedy um, after being a UFC fighter and and is like selling shows and stuff is pretty crazy to me. But I I do agree with you. 
let's debunk some. <laughs> so I'm a huge Crystal Air fan. I love Chris. Love, Chris love, and Theo. Yeah. And like Brian Callen's stories are next level. Fun. Right. The dynamic between, did you ever listen to the 10 minute podcast with Will Sasso, Brian and Delia? No. You should go back. There's a bunch of like, they've got all the episodes that they'd, they'd released when they were still doing the show. You can find them on YouTube. But um, like the dynamic between like Brian Callen and Delia is one of the best things I've ever seen. And even like when they post, like I saw one on Monday. Um, what was it? I'm going to find it because it was so funny. But like Delia always like sends Brian these text messages yeah. and then Brian like <laughs> posts them on his, on his page. So Delia sent him a message saying, will you call me fly daddy from now on? One word. When people call you my sidekick, just know I really get mad at them. I think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> But they are so funny to listen to. Yeah, and their their dynamic is so funny because Brian is the best foil for jokes. Like, he'll go along with it. Yeah. Um, when, like, Delia's trying to be all staunch over the top of him and talking about how he'd kick his ass and stuff, Brian just plays the character so well. It's so good. Have, have you listened to much of Will Sasso? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Man, you, you got you to gotta check out, like, some of the Fire and the Kid episodes with Will Sasso. And even when... Uh, Will is really good at, like, reading the person. So, like, Theo Vaughn, I don't know how much you watch of him, but for a lot of people that may not have, like, spoken to him much before, when they go on his podcast, they just don't understand what's happening because of, like, the way he, like, talks and, like, some of the stuff he's saying. They don't know whether he's, like, taking the piss or yeah. whether he's serious. But when Will was on, he, he did a show with him, like, it was, like, Christmas time a couple of years ago. And I've never seen someone read him better in terms of, like, just continuing on with, like, what... Theo was saying yeah. and like continuing on with the joke and it got to the point where Theo was like going like I was making shit up and yeah. this guy's just like basically <laughs> going along with it. It's good. It must be so hard to like to be in that group of people, you know, in that LA comedy scene and just trying to be as funny as say like a Theo Vaughan who I don't think his specials are funny but just him talking is like some I don't even think story. he's trying to be funny half the time. Some of his stories about like growing up in the South and stuff. His dad was 70 when he was born. <laughs> He's just got like He's like he said one time he's like we used to play this game with dad is he is he asleep or is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh let's debunk some uh fitness myths to finish Wait. off. So I've got some statements here that um I've sort of asked around the office and people have put theirs in. One of uh, our content producer Martin is a massive fan of yours. I can't wait to find the picture that he took of you like 5 years ago. I think he, I think when 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 I um when he was in here for like the first time the other week and I saw him I think he might have showed me showed me yeah I remember that yeah is it weird having like you know he would have been fifteen having fifteen year old like fanboys coming up to you and wanting photos in the gym no nah, it's cool I mean I mean it doesn't exactly it just happens like it happens all the time anyway but um no nah, it's cool it's like I suppose it is a bit weird but it's like I don't know it, anytime you have stuff like that um. It just kind of like, not that I'm looking or, or need validation, but it kind of just gives you validation that like the podcast and the content you're putting out is actually like impacting people, particularly with the podcast. Even though you see the downloads and stuff, it's different compared to when you're having a conversation or whether even like something like an Instagram post, if, if you put out something that's good, you get instant feedback in terms of either likes or comments, whereas like a, a podcast, you don't really know. And then someone will randomly email you one day from an episode you did like two years ago telling you how much it like helped them or impact them or you see someone and they listen to the show. It's it's quite it's quite cool. Yeah, I think there's so many crossovers between, you know, 
the digital marketing space, social media space, and the fitness space. It's why we work in it so much because mm. there's so much crossover. And, and you'll do something and you'll put it out there and then someone will hit us up like, hey, I saw this, um, you know, from two years ago. I want to do something similar. And it's just this thing of like, yeah, real validation in what you're mm. doing. Um, but Martin is we, – we did a bit of a poll around here for some of these questions of, you know, statements that you hear in the fitness industry. Yep. Um, and he's cool. put a couple in. Amy's put a couple in and a few people from the office. So um, talk to me – talk me through some of these statements if you've heard them, true or false. Um, uh, you need to pick a diet and stick to it. False. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no more elaborations. We could talk about this all day. Um, I think – my opinion is that you should never be on a diet, on or off a diet. I think you should just, in the end of the day, it comes down to, and again, we could talk about this so much, but it comes down to, there's more to it, but it's energy in versus energy out. Um, so you know, either in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus, you should be aiming to get majority of your calories from nutrient-dense whole foods if, when possible, but there's still an allowance or you know, uh, an amount, 10 to 20% of that calorie intake realistically can come from whatever you want. The, the main thing you need to think about is that there is there's no such thing as a fat loss food and there's no such thing as a fat gaining or, or muscle growth food. It really comes down to how much energy you're consuming on a daily basis consistently over time. So the only reason I, I put up a post about this last week on social media, the only reason any you know quote-unquote diet works for fat loss is because you are in a calorie deficit. It's not because you cut out carbohydrates it's not because you only ate between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. or it's not because you cut the fucking milk out of your coffee or didn't have a glass of wine on the weekend. It literally is the fact that you are expending more energy than you're taking in. So, yeah. So all those keto people have been lying to me. Yeah, well, I mean, even with keto, and I'm sure people get pissed off with this shit, but it's fucking hard as to get into ketosis. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people that claim keto are not even in ketosis. They just have higher fat and low-carb diets, and that's all well and good, and... I also say, though, that like the way I approach nutrition, all, again, like quote-unquote diets fall under my approach with nutrition and, and the fundamentals of nutrition is that to, be, to, to lose fat, you need to be in a deficit. To gain weight or muscle mass, ideally you need to be in a calorie surplus. Um, and if you want to do that by eating paleo, go for it. If you want to do it by eating vegetarian, go for it. Vegan, intermittent fasting, it all still works the same. Yeah. There may be, you know, obviously in terms of health benefits or for certain people who might be intolerant to um, too much glucose or carbohydrate, whatever it may be, like that all does exist, obviously. But yeah. in terms of body composition in general, it doesn't matter. This is one that, like, you know, uh, gets brought up here a lot, a huge amount of um, females in our office. And mm. it's not necessarily just restricted to females, but um, uh, can you spot reduce fat? No, you can't. So... Most people will have stubborn body fat areas. For a lot of males, it's around the midsection um, and lower back, I guess. For a lot of females, it's around the hips, but it does vary. Like there will be, you know, I know um, some people who, even when they're at a really heavy body weight, have shredded abs, but like their, their quads or their hips and their glutes and stuff hold a lot of fat. To lose body fat, you just need to be in a slight calorie deficit in an extended period of time until you get to the point where that area that you're trying to lose fat from gradually loses fat. Like my arms and legs look very similar when my body fat's high or when my body fat's low. 
Whereas my midsection, like my around my abs, yeah. particularly my lower abs, I need to get like really lean for that to even come out. So like I might be, ex- you might see me in like shorts and a singlet, and I will look extremely, extremely lean, and I may be trying to lose fat. But if I'm not like, if I hadn't been doing it for a long enough period of time, or I still had fat to lose, if I took my shirt off, like my lower abs still hold, a, not yeah. a lot, but like a decent amount of fat. So by doing endless amounts of crunches, your abs are not going to look any better by doing those crunches like you might build some muscle so when you lose the fat they look better but yeah you can't just go in and just do a thousand bicep curls and expect to lose all the fat off your arm because you've done some curls like it, it doesn't work like that unfortunately it'd be good if it did yeah it'd be perfect uh okay no pain no game you need to, no pain no gain you mm. need to be pushing the limits every session definitely not true over time, you need to be progressively overloading, like doing either more reps, weight sets, um, doing the exercise or whatever you're doing easier under tougher conditions, maybe less rest time or whatever. But the whole notion around, you know, if, if you don't leave the gym feeling like absolutely cooked, then it wasn't worth it. It's just not true. And a lot of people follow that approach. But, and I've said this a bit too, like I could get, anyone who has no idea about training or nutrition to uh, not so much nutrition about training to come into the gym and train me for an hour and i couldn't leave there feeling absolutely fucked like covered in sweat yeah. heart rate through the roof sore as fuck the next day but it does not mean that i'm making any progress so that's and a lot of the time that's the issue with um a lot of like the group fitness type um gym franchises and stuff that don't really have much of a method behind like their their programming and stuff it's like and in the end of the day, if you if you're exercising or whatever, and you don't really give a shit about you know specific results. Yeah. Then it's all, any form of exercise is great. But if your goal is to add lean muscle, if it's to you know whatever, like lose fat or whatever, there has to be some form of reason for your programming or, or some form of like direction with the programming. In my opinion, and if I do three sets of eight on bench press this week at sixty kilos, and it's a com- it's comfortable, and next week I do three sets of eight at sixty five then I've made progress. But yeah. I don't necessarily have to get the bar stuck on my neck because I'm trying to push 100 kilos or do half reps just to, to see results. So, yeah, I think there's definitely a time and place for pushing yourself for like to your limits or beyond your limits, but it doesn't have to be all the time. And if you're doing that, then you're going to quickly find out that you'll burn out super quickly or injure yourself or lose that motivation because it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Um, true or false with this statement? Uh, I'm too old to be getting into strength training. False. I think... Firstly, if you're able to start at a young, younger age, you don't necessarily have to train like a bodybuilder or an athlete or anything, but some form of resistance and strength training is so essential as you age because um, for bone health, for mobility, for um, stability, all that type of stuff, like you should be aiming to keep some form of resistance work in there for as long as possible. But if you're already a little older and you haven't been doing much, it's, it's never too late to start. Um, obviously, you don't want to go from doing nothing to going in and trying to just basically follow what everyone else is doing like same as anyone if you're just starting out or you know even if i took like a year off training i still wouldn't go back in the gym and do the program i'm doing at the moment straight away like you need to progress whether it's just body weight whether it's really simple stuff and then just the second or the last bit of that um, question i guess is initially you want to leave your sessions feeling like you could do more yeah start super minimal like you would rather leave you would rather finish the week feeling like you could have done more than finish the week going, fuck, I'm not going to be able to walk for the next three days because I'm so sore, even though you might have had a tough training week and you feel good because you've worked yourself hard. you just got to gradually progress it. And that applies for someone who's just starting or someone who's had a big layoff or an injury or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, it's never too late to start. 
You'd, you'd have to think, again, I'm not a health professional. Oh, yeah? Shock horror, no. no. Um, uh, it's the only reason I had you on. <laughs> 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 Your email lied. Um, uh, but you'd have to think it'd help with, like, you know, osteoporosis and stuff like that. So. 100%. Like I said, like, balance. Is, as you get older, like, uh, let's say from 60 onwards, um, you know, balance, um, the uh, stability, as you said, bone health, all that type of stuff is that obviously deteriorates as you get older and older. But the the more you can continue to train, like one of the biggest benefits of strength training is the fact that it strengthens your bone. Like it can strengthen your bone, strengthens all, all the, the tendons and everything around the, the joints and your muscles and whatnot. So the more you just think the more protection you can have, yeah. the better. And like I said, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It's just enough to give you some form of stimulus to, to keep at least maintaining strength. Yeah. Like I was, there was this guy at MSAC. I, I I feel really bad. I don't know his name, but we. I mean, anytime I see him, even on the street now, we always say good day. He's like, I don't know how old he is, and I highly doubt he listens to this, so this won't offend him. But I think he's got to be at least seventy, right? Yeah. And he does like power cleans, like hang cleans, power cleans, pull ups, and everything. So he's obviously just been maintaining some form of training since he was younger, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and he's in unreal shape. I can see him sprinting around like Albert Park. <laughs> You imagine if he was like forty six. Yeah, just fuck, just dyes his hair fucking grey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one always gets me because uh, you know I you hear things about you know certain pre workouts and and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, and oh, I'm just gonna say it. the strongest <laughs> pre workout is the best. Nah, not at all. Um, there's many different, and we yeah, I mean. Um, Maybe in another episode we can go into like in terms of the structure of pre-workouts and, and what to look for, I guess, in terms of ingredients and stuff like that and compounds used in them. But a strong pre-workout typically just includes high caffeine dosage and a lot of the time a high bed alanine dosage, which is what kind of gives you the itch or like the tingles, I guess, right? And that's just like a lactate um, threshold uh, buffer, basically. So it, in theory, it's like meant to help you fatigue later yeah. in the session. Um, but caffeine in general, right, like the more caffeine you have, especially if it's just your typical caffeine, you you eventually crash mm. um, and it doesn't necessarily lead to better performance. So there's many different ingredients that can come in a pre-workout that will help. Um, EHP Labs have a good one called Pride. Um, if you use the code DJK10, you can get 10% off. Uh, no, but like even oh, with that with that pre-workout though, there's like a five-stage energy release with their with their um, pro, their caffeine. I think it's called pentaphene or something like that. So there's a bunch of different ingredients that come into play, and it's just like yeah, stronger is not always better. I actually find for myself like my caffeine tolerance is quite high, but I prefer pre-workouts without better alanine, without like an absurdly high amount of caffeine because you'll find that like obviously your heart rate's higher. Firstly, so um, it, it sometimes it doesn't actually help, but sometimes it makes it worse. Like yeah. you, you'll feel like shit if you have too if you're too stimulated yeah. um, for the session. Sour apple is the your favorite. Sour green apple, yeah. Right. Just and to remind us, DJ K ten. <laughs> Link uh, in the show notes. <laughs> uh, last one, and I know this is a um, not a pet peeve, but something that you constantly talk about. Um, I should trust my calorie tracking app implicitly. Uh, yes and no. The no part of it is that it is almost never completely accurate in terms of the amount of calories and a lot of the time even the macros, to be honest, like in in these apps such as MyFitnessPal, if it's a verified option or if it's a very standard option, typically it's going to be very close, if not spot on. But 
if you're someone who has tracked your macronutrients before, you might have a set amount of macros you're aiming for. Let's say you're tracking your protein, carbs, and fat, and you finish absolutely dead on those numbers, and the calorie intake on the app will not align with what it should be because I can add in an option to my fitness pal right now for an apple and it can come up in your search and I can make up whatever the fuck I want in terms of the amount of calories in it and whatnot. So you just got to keep in mind that it's not always accurate. So, and this comes back to what I say with nutrition a lot is that close enough is good enough. So if you're hitting your protein minimum or if you're tracking all three macros, if you're within a certain range, like when I used to track protein, carbs and fat, it'd be, I think I would try and stay within, um, plus or minus five grams of fat of my target and then plus or minus 10 to 20 grams of my carbs and protein. And if I know if I'm along along those lines, then it's pretty much going to be spot on. But, yeah, don't stress out about it. it again, it's, it does not have to be perfect. There has not been one day in the past five to six years, I reckon, where I've nailed everything yep. to the absolute number And because you, you just don't need to. Yeah, And, and that can actually lead to... Yeah, I work with obviously a lot of clients who come from the opposite side where they've been so obsessed with eating clean or um, avoiding certain foods and it creates a really unhealthy relationship with food and then they cross over to tracking macros which in theory should be a lot more relaxed and a lot more comfortable but then when you get too caught up on these specific numbers it almost does the same thing as what you did before all of a sudden you're just going absolutely nuts about trying to finish with on this specific number and it does your head in yeah it feeds that mm. this has been fun has been good, been enjoyable. So sorry, guys, it went a little longer than what we thought, but we will probably aim to do these ones in kind of thirty to forty-five minutes. But um, it would be a, a, a huge help if um, we could get some feedback on this first one. Um, we'll obviously share this on on our social media and whatnot. But um, whether you share this episode with your friends on social media or whether you just reach out via email or a DM on Instagram or whatever it may be, and let us know what you thought of this and and any suggestions for stuff you'd like to hear on it but we'll keep playing around with the structure of the show and how we want to keep it it's obviously not going to be just me talking about myself every week but um we will uh play around with a little bit and yeah it was good fun it was nice to have a normal chat it was good yeah thanks for coming on kane and um you guys can start to get used to kane because he's going to be on a bit now um maybe next time we'll do a deep dive on kane we'll flip flip the flip the rolls the script yep that's what i was trying to think of but roles same shit just a reminder guys djk10 for ESV. did nah, we get them all did we get them all yeah i think we got them all yeah there might be one or two more but i'll make sure they're in the show notes <laughs> nah. thank you so much for tuning in guys appreciate it a lot hit the subscribe button if you have not already and um, we hope you enjoyed it and we'll chat to you again soon 